Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. That is me. So we are on episode six, and it is a big episode because this is premiere night of Katie's Bachelorette season. So excited. Not sure. Hang on, I got to do something real quick. I swear to God, I cannot do two things at one time. Okay. Not sure how many of you tuned in, not sure how many of you are tuning in to my podcast to get the synopsis. Um, it was pretty good. I have to say my summation of it overall is that it was pretty good. A couple of takeaways just to start off are that I was my a big worry of mine was that Caitlin and Tasha were gonna sort of steal the show from Katie. And I was unclear and obviously still am. It's just the first show, but it was unclear as to how much they would be in it, how they would use them, how they would be edited in. And I have to say they did it very tastefully. I was a little scared to start off, which you will see why as I start breaking down the episode, um, because it was a little corny, but... They redeemed themselves and they didn't steal the show. Um, they did some classic Chris Harrison moves, but at least in this first episode, they kept it low key. And I think especially on the first episode, it was important that Katie be the focus and not them because obviously it's Katie's premiere and, you know, to take away from that would kind of suck. So how I am going to... Wait, first of all, I'm going to have one housekeeping item. Um, to whoever is listening today, I always say this at the end of the episode, if I remember to say it at all, but it would really, really help me out if you're listening to this. If you would take just a minute, and I know for sure that this is a fact that I've, because I've done it for other podcasts, if you would go rate review. If, reviews would be great. I realize you have to actually take time and type something out, but to rate it takes two seconds. To subscribe takes two seconds. And to review only has to take a few minutes. Like, it would be great. And it would be great and really only beneficial to me if you put a five-star review. So that is my cleanup item. Thank you very much. Uh, so this is how it's going to work. And who knows, I may change this because um, let's be realistic. I am super brand new to this and I don't know how long this is going to take to do it this way. I'm thinking of, I don't know uh, how, how easily it will flow and I, who knows? So what I did, I watched the show took notes the whole show and I'm basically going to break down the entire show uh, segment by segment and segments means commercial to commercial. And if I feel where I feel it is appropriate, I will comment on uh, 
like my own comments, my own personal thoughts on stuff. I'll just say for a fact what happens. I'll have my own personal comments and the and or will um, respond with how I feel it was possibly just totally you know, producer involvement, um, how the game was played by the certain players, how they're doing in the game and getting their screen time. Um, again, I have started watching this show a little bit differently and not only as a f Katie f is going to find her love, but also how this plays out because everyone else that's coming on this show, <clears throat> everyone knows there's only one person that's going to win the ring. And they also know there's going to be one crown winner, meaning the next bachelor that comes off of this show. So the more, the more airtime and the further you get, the more chance you all have at that crown. And they also know is the, the amount of screen time they get will probably be in close connection to how many followers they gain and how they gain those followers. Um, and it's, it's just all part of the game, no matter what, no matter how much you just want to look at it like peaches and roses and cream and rainbows and unicorns, it's a game. And a lot of them are out there, whether they admit it or not, for the followers and for the TV time and for the airtime, yada, 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 yada. So I may also comment about that. So without further ado, because we are already five minutes in, um, let us begin with episode one of... Katie Thurston season. All right. So we start off with Katie in Seattle. She's from Seattle. We start off with her jumping on the bed in her room at her home, I'm assuming. And she is like in leisure wear and she's like, I can't believe I'm the bachelorette. Oh my God. And she's screaming and jumping up and down we see this every season, every Bachelorette season, they make it seem like this scene is from when she gets the call from the producers and has announced the Bachelorette. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's cute. It's whatever. But um, there is a camera in there with in your room with you. So, so clearly this isn't an everyday occurrence. And clearly... You don't just happen to be in your room and get a call with a cameraman in there and go, oh, I just I just thought he was here to film a commercial. I mean, so, yeah, we start off with her jumping up and down. Can't believe she's a bachelorette. Then we start. Then we see her awkwardly posing. I feel like they're trying to portray Katie as this just like super real girl who this all this attention is just not familiar to her so she's posing for the cameras acting like oh this is so awkward for me how do i pose you know cute 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 so we then she talks about um a little bit about her past she tells us that her parents were divorced when she was a baby so she had um not the best I guess, I don't want to say home life, but she grew up very poor. She moved around a lot. So she talked about not having friends very often. Then she talks about boyfriends and past boyfriends and how she feels like in a lot of her, most of her relationships that she could never be completely herself with a boyfriend and how this journey is to find them 
find a man who'll let her be herself, how she's finally figured out who she is. And this is her path to finding that man. Excellent. Then we cut to the Hyatt Regency Tamaya Resort and Spa in New Mexico. This is where this season's bubble is. Okay, we're in New Mexico. It looks like a pretty damn big resort. Like, it's hard to get a grasp exactly of how big, but the aerial view looks pretty ginormous. So we get a shot of that. And then we get a, so she, they show her in her room getting ready and how she can't believe this is tonight's the night. Tonight is the night that she meets her men and the limos come and she, um, you know, is nervous, all that. Then (laughs) this is what it just, this makes me laugh. So we cut to Tasha and Caitlin. This is the first we see of them. We cut to them. And they are, this is an aerial shot of a car, a convertible driving down the road and the two of them in it. And they're like, woo, yeah, here we come, Katie. Uh, Which is a bit confusing because to my knowledge, they're all at the same resort. I'm under the impression that this place is huge. So I'm under the impression that all the guys, Katie, Tasha. Uh, Caitlin, everybody is quarantining at the resort. Isn't that not the whole point of the bubble? So they make it seem like Tasha and Caitlin are arriving. We're just coming. We're just, we're just riding in our convertible. We're just riding on into this resort. I, we're just surprising Katie. We're just going to show up and shock her that we're here. So they show them driving and we get commercial break first commercial break, come back from the commercial break and they show Katie again. She's getting ready. She's talking again about how she can't believe that um, this is her the first night. She's going to meet all these men, but, but she says, um, she says, uh, let's think. She, she talks about how she thinks she's doing this all by herself. Okay. And she's like, I, I know I, I don't know what I'm exactly do because I, I don't really know who I'm going to ask questions to. I don't know what's going to happen, you know? Um, and, and Tasha and Caitlin are talking about how excited they are to surprise Katie that she's, you know, that they can't wait to help her. And this is going to be so great. Um, but before they surprise, surprise, with air quotes before they surprise Katie, they say, but first let's meet the men. And then we cut to some of the men and their, um, little bios. All right. So the first one is a bit confusing. It is Connor B and he it appears to be a naked banjo player. Uh huh. He's he's naked in a bathtub, playing a little banjo. I'm sure that's not that's not a banjo. It looks like a tiny little banjo, but he's playing it randomly naked in the bathtub. Oh, okay, and then they cut to him in his place of work, which turns out he's a math teacher, which makes it even weirder 
that he was in the bathtub naked playing the banjo. Nowhere do they explain why he was playing naked banjo bathtub banjo. <laughs> but, but he was. So, okay. Okay, Connor B. So, so we learn that Connor B is a naked banjo player. That I don't even remember he's a math teacher. I'm going to just remember he's a naked banjo player. And it's Connor B spells it with one N. Strange. All right. Second guy they show is Carl Smith. He is the motivational speaker. And the thing they focus on with him is that they show him with all his nieces and nephews and playing with them and how much like he's got all these nieces and nephews, but he can't wait to have his own family, blah, blah, blah. This is also Mr. Carl Smith, the guy who we are being let led, excuse me, to believe is the guy who is is there for the wrong reasons and is only there for the followers. Now, this could be edited to make it seem like it's Carl and it's not actually Carl, but this is who we are led to believe is the guy there for the wrong reasons. Also, I can already tell tonight that he's, I believe it, I like that he could be that guy because he is definitely a guy who is trying to be the loudest in the room. He was, he looks into the camera at one point, which I'll get to and makes a comment into the camera. Like, are you ready for this or something? And he, I don't know. He always is trying to be funny, trying to be loud. So that's going to get annoying. That will get annoying for me and indicates in my opinion, that he is like the wrong reasons guy. He's also the guy that has the very most followers um, already on Instagram. He had like 40,000 plus. Next guy they show was Brendan, who is a Canadian. He is a full-time firefighter. And my personal note was he wears very tight clothes. Andrew S. I mean, they were tight. Andrew S., this guy, I think, is going to end up going far. Andrew S. is a football player in Vienna, Austria. If any of you, if any of you heard me talking about the men, I think he is one of the ones I predicted to go pretty far. And after tonight, I've, I think he might. Um, although at the end of his little bio thing, he was like weirdly talking to the camera, and I actually couldn't understand what he was saying. I was trying to type it out, and I have no clue what he was saying. It was kind of very strange, but okay. So that's Andrew S. Next, we have Mike. He is a gym owner. He used to play, I guess, semi-pro baseball, but the big Mike thing is he's a virgin. Okay, so here we go. Obviously, you've got to cast the token virgin because there's a there's got to be a virgin on every freaking show i mean there has to be and and you wonder do they put that on their questionnaire when they when they because i know every contestant gets a questionnaire where they have to fill out things about themselves wonder if they have a little box that says are you a virgin check yes or no yes no maybe hmm. uh but mike is verbal about being a virgin I mean, cl clearly he's not going to make it because it was very obvious in the show that they push Katie being sex positive, blah, 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 blah. So 
Michael stay on for, and, and you can tell from the previews, he'll be on for a while just for the drama factor. He's kept on by the producers because he's a virgin. That's okay. We, we need that drama. Next was Justin. He's in investments and he is the guy that draws and paints. So he was the guy I talked about in the other episode that is the going to be the one that is looking at this painting with Katie. Okay. So he's the painter. They show him painting some roses. So we know he's going to be using that when he is talking to her on the first night. Next guy's Trey. He's a software engineer. Talked to also talked a lot about his family. Um, he calls himself a sensitive guy. I got a good vibe from Trey. I liked Trey. I thought he was pretty cool. So he's up there on my list as well. Then we get Greg. Greg lives in New York. He's the youngest of four kids, he tells us. And they also show him with lots of nieces and nephews. Greg gives off this persona, especially in the bio, but even in the show, of uh, being a super, like, just kind real kind of guy. He's going to be the guy who is there for the right, for the right reasons. Uh, he'll be the, for sure. The one guy that is completely there for the right reasons. All right. So that's the end of segment two. Have our next commercial and we head into the third segment. So now we show Katie being driven to the resort. I, this confuses me. What? Why are they being driven to the resort? Are it, what? Isn't this the whole point? They're they're at the resort already. So where are they driving from? It's not that freaking big. Yeah, it's big. But they show an aerial view of like them driving on a road, like it's a highway, and like they're driving. They're not just like like going from one parking lot to the next, or you know, I, I, definitely driving. So what? Why? What is the point of that? Why can't they, why do they want to lead us to believe that they're arriving from somewhere? Uh, where are they arriving from? I don't know where they're arriving from, but she's driving to the resort and she's talking about how she's nervous and it's so scary and she has no one there to help her with all her questions. Oh my gosh, the dilemma. I don't have anyone here to help me. What am I going to do? I wish they would have had her being like, Chris Harrison isn't here this this season. So I don't have anyone to talk to. Like, you know, like it's sort of funny because it's like the big elephant in the room, but they don't say that. She's just really worried that, you know, that it's who am I going to talk to? I'm going to have to navigate this on my own and I'll just figure it out as I go. She says, I'll just figure it out and navigate it on my own. So, okay. So interject definite producer, uh, input, we know the producers are saying, okay, Katie, now you have to really make it seem like you're really worried about doing this whole thing by yourself. As if there's no cameraman, as if each of these people don't have their own producer that's with them 24 seven. It's as if she actually is at that resort alone, just alone. No one there, no one behind the cameras. She's just all by herself. Poor girl. I mean, she's poor girl. Well, they drop her off and she's standing in front of the ma Nope. It's not the mansion. Well, it looks like a mansion, but sorry, I'm still used to it. She's standing in front of her, the resort where the limos are going to come in and there's no music. It's just like crickets. We don't hear anything. Hmm. That, 
that's funny. So, so now she's just looking around and wondering like, and she didn't have anyone to ask like what's happening. Oh, what's happening? No, where is everybody? I don't know what to do. So it's like crickets and she's again, just not acting like she's not. And then we see Caitlin and Tasha in the background. They've taken their shoes off and they're tippy toeing, tippy toeing behind her. Of course, she doesn't like look around anymore. She doesn't look around anymore to see like, what, what is happening? Hey, hey, producer, what, what's going on? Why aren't any limos driving up? What, what, what's going on? Um, you know, she just looks straight ahead still doesn't turn her head a tiptoe, Caitlin, Tasha tiptoe, tiptoe. They finally come up and they're like, surprise. And she's like, oh, God. Oh my God. Oh, and she, well, actually she does a very good job of acting surprised. I, almost. She even conjures some tears. I was actually impressed because you know, sure as shit, she is not by herself. She's not, she, she does it. She knows they're there. <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. So they sneak up and she's, Oh, I'm so happy you're there. I'm so happy you're here. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, but they tell her, they're like, we, we weren't going to let you do this alone. We're not going to do that. We're not going to let you do that by yourself. As if it was their choice. As if they just like showed up randomly. As if Tasha and Caitlin were sitting at home with Zach and Jason. And they were like, you know what? I am not going to let Katie do this alone. Hey, Tasha. Hey, hey, let's go get a convertible. And let's let's ride up to that resort and surprise Katie and like just just be there for her. Let's do that. Okay, great idea. <laughs> okay. So anyway, they, uh, and then ironically, Katie's like, okay, I'm so glad you got, hey, you want to go up and talk a little bit? Oh, oh, shocking. You mean the producers already created a room for you guys to sit down and talk and have this fun little conversation? Wow. I thought this was a surprise. How, how do they have that ready for you? Amazing. That is so amazing how well this stuff works. So they go up to the resort and they're asking her questions. She says she couldn't imagine any more per anything more perfect. Um, she was like, I had no idea who was going to help me. She tells that to them. I had no idea who was going to help me. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And so then um, she's like, so she asked them, of course, because they were both leads, like, what are some things that I need to know? Caitlin says her her advice was don't rule anybody out. And Tasha says, okay, so side note, I've been asked by a couple people if I think that Tasha and Zach are still together. And I don't know because Zach has not been on her Instagram for quite a while. And I don't know if that's just because Tasha's busy promoting herself for the show. I don't know, but like, I haven't seen them post much together at all lately. However, on this show, in this moment, Whenever Caitlin says, don't rule everyone out, Tasha totally agrees and says, that is for sure. Because on my first night, Zach didn't stand out to me at all. And, and then they were both like, and now he's your fiance. And she's like, I know. And so it makes me wonder whether when they filmed this, her and Zach were together and she ends up talking about him periodically you know, because they were, she was supposedly, or she was a success story at the time. And now, even if they are broke up, they're not going to let her in real life announce they're broken up yet because it will reflect badly 
on the show and on this season in particular, because she actually mentions Zach in it. So we will see how that ends up. But anyway, that was my side note. So then here we go. So we know we knew it was coming. Katie starts talking about her sex positivity and you know how that is very important to her and being intimate and, and the sex positive, blah, 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 blah. And you could tell they edit that in just to make sure we all know that and that that's going to play a big part in this season and was just fine. But, you know, that's definitely going to be their, their running theme. And then she, but she says, but, you know, I also have a serious side. And she goes, and I need a grown ass man. So there we have Tasha's little catchphrase that we got to interject in there. Um, so they finished her little conversation really was not useful whatsoever. <laughs> you wonder how long that conversation actually was and how much of it was just literally not even them talking. Like they probably three days ago had talked actually just in sweats on their bed about actual stuff to expect and not this fluff. So definitely we're getting the typical bachelor fluff, the tick, the, the, uh, definitely with these three, there's going to be lots of giggling. And lots of like, uh, giggling, just giggling. So, but we'll see how that all plays out. I, again, I was satisfied with how they did Tasha and Caitlin. I thought it was very tasteful, but, but again, this part just was like interjected. Like they have to do this instead of Chris Harrison talking to the lead. It was those two talking to the lead and uh, whatever. All right. So, um, so then you see the limos. Okay. So then the limos are also driving down the same road, not just coming from around the corner from their parking lot where they were all staying. We know they quarantine there because in their little bios that you could see them in their little hotel rooms quarantining, but no, they're all in their limos, literally driving down the road, this long road again, this highway showing up from, I don't know where the hell where, but they're driving down the road to show up at the, not the mansion at the resort. So, of course, then, so they walk her out to the, like, curb, and they talk, like, they're like, can you, can you imagine, like, tonight's, the, like, going to be the night where you could meet the guy that's going to be your husband? Yeah, so this is another catchphrase that we hear every season. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she feels confident she's going to find her fiancé. So then Tasha and Caitlin announce Chris Harrison always announced, let the journey begin. And they were like, we'll be watching. So they, they run up to the, to the resort window, wherever they're going to be watching from. And they take their spot in front of the window. So they go, I thought they're going to go to commercial, but they go right into the exit limos. First guy out of the limo. And I've heard that this is also an important, I've heard that in, if you go back and track the data, that the first guy out of the limo that they choose to show usually goes pretty far in the show. So the first guy out of the limo is Thomas. So his limo entrance, he asks how she feels. She she actually really looks nervous, <laughs> like in this first one. I The other thing is, is I don't know, you know, and no one knows for sure, but I've always also heard that the limo exits are definitely uh, edited by the producers. Like just because the first guy out of the limo is the first guy we see, that could have been like the 20th guy to exit the limo. So somehow the producers have 
how they show them and what order they show them. They choose that. I don't believe, and I've heard that numerous times, that the order we see them enter is not the actual order that they arrive in. Irregardless, um, first guy's Thomas. He he's he's a little sappy. Doesn't really have any gimmicks or anything at all. He just is kind of sappy. And I'll talk to you later. Okay. Next guy's Aaron. He's an insurance agent. He says he's nervous. He says she's beautiful. He's a little bit awkward. He's kind of corny. I don't know. He was okay. Um, she, but when he leaves, she looks back at, at Caitlin and Tasha and gives them a thumbs up and, and mouths. He's hot. And they're like, Oh, did you see that? She thinks it's, they, we, they think she thinks, can I talk? I clearly cannot talk. Um, Oh, oh, she thinks he's hot. That's so cute. You know? All right. So then the next guy out is Andrew M says kind of boring too. She looks amazing. Says he came here for her. And, and that was about it for Andrew M next is David. He says he's a New Yorker and he's already feeling her. Okay. That was about it for him. Michael was next. He's 36. Uh, he's the widower but he's the first one to give her a gift. So it's a watch. And he's like, it's been in my family for like 200 years. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. And he's like, I'm just kidding. But my message here is that time is precious. So find me when you come up to the, to the main house or whatever the hell they call it. So, so he was the first one that they showed with a little gimmick. So he gave her a watch. That was a gift. Um, then we see the truck driving up. We've seen this like a hundred times in the previews and Tasha and Caitlin love this, but then the truck stops, nothing happens. Tasha and Caitlin are watching and they're eating the popcorn, super corny and obviously producer enhanced. And then Katie goes, Oh my God. And then we go to commercial. So we come back from commercial and we get to re-see the scene with Tasha and Caitlin eating popcorn. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess it's cute and funny and it's fine. Stick it in there. But I, I, I actually wonder how good of a view they actually have. Because if, if you watch the show, the window they're watching out of, I mean, I, I know they can't make it this big, huge picture window and make it awkward with them like standing in front of the window, but it's not that big a window. And I'm really wondering how, how good a view they actually have. And, and, and actually, actually, if I'm being honest, I can kind of appreciate the popcorn because I, who doesn't love popcorn? I just be eating popcorn because I was bored and, wanted something else to do while I was watching the show. So, um, all right. So anyway, they come back from the, uh, commercial and when she, Katie's like, Oh my God, it's Trey who I said earlier that I kind of liked Trey still like Trey. And there's something key with him later, but he says, I predicted on my past episode that he would, he had the balls in the back of the truck. So right, the truck pulls up, nothing happens. She's sitting there waiting. And then all of a sudden he jumps out of the balls and she's like, Oh my God. Um, I for sure thought he was going to be like, I've got a lot of balls to be standing here with you. Or I, I don't know, something like that. I was wrong. What he said was, I'm here to have a ball with you and you're a baller bachelorette. Mm -hmm. That's what he said that uh, for real. I think that my, I have big balls is probably a better line, especially for cater. 
you're a baller bachelorette. Ugh, ugh. Still like Trey, but not liking that line. Later, they show him after he's gone in the house with the other guys saying, I'm having a ball. I, no, 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 don't say that. So next, okay, so that was like the end of the first like segment of guys, I guess, because then Tasha and Caitlin come out and they're just basically there to, of course, to just um, check on her. You know, we wanted to check on you before the next limos come up. Um, and she's like, I am just having a blast. And they're like, are you? And she's like, yes, I really am. Wonder what wonder what like they would have said if they're like so how are you how, how's it going and she had been like oh this fucking sucks oops i don't am i gonna have to make this an explicit podcast now oh whoops this sucks this really sucks i am not having fun none of these guys are the guy for me what what is happening i wish just once a bachelor i would say that would that kind of be funny just a little bit um, all right. So anyway, then Caitlin slaps her ass and was like, let's go. Okay. So the next guy out of the limo is Greg. He like, truly, he seems super nervous. And he was said, so, he says he was so happy that she was a bachelorette. And he, I feel like 15 times he talked about how happy, how happy he was. I'm so happy. I'm so, I'm happy you're the bachelor. I was so happy. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy. I'm happy, 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 happy. So he was a very happy guy. Happy is the thing with Greg. So Greg was happy. Gabriel is next. He says to her, we are living in crazy times. People aren't hugging enough. And then he says, I have a new hug that I want you to try. And is super, in my opinion, like creepy. So he hugs her pretty tight. They, hu they hug and he breathes deeply. He goes, breathe deeply. And he breathes super deeply in and out several times and says, this is a new way to hug. That was it. That was it. There was no like funny catchphrase. There was no like, I, it was just, okay. Definitely good looking. And Katie seemed into it. I just kind of creeped me out. Not him, because he was good looking. But and also when he was done, he definitely gave her like the, uh, mm, the explicit word eyes explicit word me eyes yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean uh definitely gave her that look so i could see where she'd be like damn but the hug was super weird not i didn't get that it creeped me out so gabriel i actually now that i think about it i don't think i saw gabriel the rest of the night i honestly i'm even thinking at the end did they even call his name what happened to gabriel weird that's weird okay john is next um he says he thinks says he thinks he's dreaming says she's beautiful um but then as he and sh as they walk off he seemed like a nice guy but as he walks off she looks at him he looks back at her and catches her looking back at him and then he giggles and she kind of giggles and so she i, I mean whatever they eyeball each other a few times and he walks into the resort. So I don't know, had some kind of extra there with him. So then they had 
one, two, three, four, five, six of them right in a row. So, so they did all these ones I've just been talking about. They actually like showed them getting out of the limo, showed them approaching Katie, like had their whole entrance and all that. These next six were just like, bam, 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 bam. So they had Garrett getting out. They didn't even really show. I don't know if you're a common watcher of the bachelor. If you watch a bachelorette, you know what I mean? Like they literally just show him getting out of the car. They show his name, show him hugging her. And he walks up to the hotel and you're it's, they're just happening. Bam, bam, bam. So we have Garrett. He just had a blandy, blandy game of roses word, meaning just they don't do anything. They just are, it's a bland entrance. So Austin was next, blandy. Marty was next, blandy. Landon was next, blandy. Carl was next. He even was a blandy. That's kind of surprised me because I thought he would do something super over the top and weird and whatever to try to get some airtime. But his was pretty bland too. Then we had Josh. His was also a blandy. He said, I'm 100% here for you. It was boring. But of course, what they do is they have several blandies like this to lead up to the ones that really are doing a big gimmick of some sort or another. So again, my belief is that they don't actually have like six blandies in a row. My guess is they have a blandy and then they have the RV guy come in. Then they have a blandy, then they have the truck drive in, then they have a blandy, then they, whatever. So right after they have these six or seven that are just boring, then is when they start with the real gimmicks and the, the gifts and the driving in weird things and costumes. So the next one is an old car. This actually was kind of funny. I kind of thought this was funny. So an old car pulls up super, super old car with had a driver. Um, Caitlin and Taysha were like, Oh, that's badass. I like that car. That's badass. Yeah, that's badass. And Andrew S comes out. And when he greets her, he's talking in like a British accent. And she's like, oh, where are you from? He's like, well, I say I'm from Vienna, 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 Austria. But right now I'm here with you. And he's talking in the accent the whole time. And he compliments her. And then as he's walking away, he's like, actually, I'm just from Chicago. And she like slaps him and is like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew that you weren't actually whatever. It was actually pretty funny. I actually thought it was really cute. So she slaps him and she thought it was funny. And then she, you know, in an ITM talks about how she like a guy, this guy's sense of humor is so, so, so important. Anybody that can make her laugh is what she's looking for. Um, next we have Brandon. Brandon drives up in a scooter. It's a scooter, but this is also the guy. If, if you remember from my previous podcast, that was a, um, into motorcycles. And I predicted this one. I didn't predict he'd drive up in a scooter. I predicted it'd be a motorcycle, but he did drive up in a two wheeled motorized vehicle. So I was right about Brandon drives up on a motorcycle. That's pretty much all we really see though. Next is Connor C. I think we have three Connors this season, Connor C. And he gives her an old baseball glove from little league. I don't really know what the association was to anything, but you know, he gives her a gift. So that's a little bit something unique. Um, Kyle is next. He pulls, I, if this was weird, he pulls something out of his pants. They show Tasha and Caitlin being like, did he just pull out a jock strap? I don't even remember. I didn't even, I don't know if they even showed what his, like his tagline was for doing this. It was a jock strap or underwear or something. I didn't get it. I, 
I, I didn't get it. And then they show him walking up to the house and the guys are like, did he just pull out underwear out of his pants? What? What is, is that funny? Actually? I don't really, I really think that's that funny. If he had kind of some funny tagline to go with it, maybe, but what? I don't really pull Why? you just pulled your underwear out of your pants. I don't get that. Okay. So yeah. So that's Kyle. Uh, then Hunter comes and he gives her a fake fish. I, again, where do they, where do they come up with this stuff? But his, at least he had a tagline and his tagline was, um, I'm hoping you'll agree. I'm kind of a catch. Ah, get it. You see what he did there? Get it. Like he's a catch and there's a fish clever, clever. Actually, it's not that clever. Um, then we get the RV, the RV guy that we've seen in the promos pulls up and it's Jeff. Good old Jeff. Good old Jeff and his RV. He says he drove his home here from Jersey and she's like, Oh, okay. You can tell right away. She's like, what? I like, she didn't think, I don't think she thought it was that funny, but she, whatever. So finally, 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 we get the big present that we've all seen and been wondering what the hell is going on with this big, huge present. So we see it, we see it rolled up by two like handlers, like producer people's cast, uh, not cast people, camera crew people, whatever. They, they roll it up and nothing happens. And you just see her looking at the box. No one's talking. Nothing happens except you do hear Tashing and, um, Caitlin and they're like, what, what is going on? Is that a present? What's going to happen? And yeah, they're talking and guess what? Commercial commercial. Yeah, I bet you would have never guessed that. So yeah, yes, there was a commercial in. So we come back to, of course, come back to the present and a voice comes from inside. She's like, Oh, like Katie squeals. Oh, Oh, um, he says he's James and he wants to make sure he is present for her tonight. Get it? Again, see what he did there? Present. I want to make sure I'm present for you tonight. So clever. So actually, this is more clever than the fish one. Uh, okay. But that there's a catch. She has to come and find him inside if she wants to open the gift. So they roll the present. Away. She's like, okay. So they roll the present away. And she looks around at Tasha and Kate and is like, I don't know what he looks like. And she's like, it's okay. Go with it. All right. So then Brendan's next. He comes out of the limo, says, I'll have a lot of fun. She comments to them, to Tasha. She mouths up to them. They're all so hot. Then's Marcus. Marcus comes out of the limo. He does a blandy too, but he's, I don't know. He says something cutesy. I did. I, did, I don't, I didn't make a note what it was because I didn't think it seemed, I just thought it was very bland and a million other guys said the same thing, but for whatever reason, she comments, Oh, I like that. That's what she says as he walks off. Mike is next. Are y'all going to remember these names? Because I will not. I'll remember a few, but I'm yeah. So I'm just telling you though, <clears throat> we're going to learn these together. Um, Mike's next. He says, uh, he heard she was a strong woman and wants to get to know her heart. Um, I, which is again, a little corny. She says, as he walks away, I'm going to need a cheat sheet because they're all so hot. I mean, this is like the fifth time she's talked about how hot they all are. Um, Cody's next. So this is the extensive one. So Cody's next, he's a zipper salesman, right? So Kay, Caitlin and Tasha are like, Oh my God, he's so handsome. Oh, I'd love him for her. They actually made that comment. 
Um, he says that he has someone in his life that has been there for him through all these hard times. So you already see, this is exactly what her lead up was to, to Matt James about how she has something that's been there for her and blah, 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 blah. When she pulls out the vibrator, he, um, he says, he refers to it as a her and she's like, okay. And she's, he's like, I actually brought her with me. And she's like, he goes, you want to meet her? And of course, Katie's like, sure. Okay. So, yep. You guessed it. If you know the promos, you know what he brings out. It's the blow up doll. He then says her name is Sandy. Tasha says something like, please tell me she doesn't have a name. Of course he says she's Sandy and that she's helped. He's she's helped him out a lot and kept him warm on cold nights. So, <laughs> Um, Katie thinks it's hilarious. He walks up to the house with the blow up doll on the previews. They make it seem like the guys are kind of harassing him about that and saying, I'm glad I'm not that guy. That's not what happened. They, everyone, they all thought it was funny. So, uh, that's the blow up guy. Gal. Cody's the blow up guy, girl, guy, blow up girl, guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that was at Justin's next. He talks about, um, Oh yeah. He, this one was interesting. He talks about pent up stress. Justin's the painter. Okay. He's like, yep, I've had some pent up stress. And he just talks about stroking and stroking it out and stroking it out, stroking it out. And she's like, oh, okay. And then he pulls out a paintbrush. Cute, cute. So, so conveniently they show like three or four here that have definite sexual innuendos to their little limo entrance gimmicks. Okay. So, and again, I feel like these are dispersed throughout and not just right in a row. So he does that. Then we have Christian whose gift is a little genie lamp. And he says that he hopes they can rub one out together. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. He said that hope we can rub one out together. So she, she, uh, yeah, there you go, Christian. She thought that was hilarious too. She loves the humor. She laughs. She totally appreciates it. Next we have Courtney. Okay. And he delivers, has this like message, like this, this, this rehearsed little speech he has for her. And he keeps using words that start with the letter Q and he keeps like, like working the letter Q somehow into what he's saying. And then you find out he says, because he spells his name with a Q. His name is Courtney, but it's spelled with a Q. Q-U-A-R-T-N-E-Y, Courtney. Then he says, and I quote, and I'm going to use the words that he emphasized with emphasis so that you get where I'm coming from. He says this, I hope you can come to the right conclusion at the end of this. I know there will be a lot of hard decisions to make, but my tongue could go on for hours. <laughs> I, you know, they, they got interesting. I mean, you got to give them credit. They know Katie. So again, she thought this was super hilarious. Um, this is where she looks up at Caitlin and Tasha, and she like fans herself like, whew, that was hot. That made me hot. And then she did like the, the pelvis thrust with her arms and like totally crap cracked Caitlin and Tasha up. They thought that was super, super hilarious. 
Okay. So we got funny Courtney. Then we finally get the cat man. We've also been waiting for this guy forever. This is Con we did it. here. This is the third Connor. This is Connor B. He's the cat man. He said he heard she was a cat lover. Then she's like, oh, this is perfect. And he says he's going to go find a tall glass of milk and she should find him when he she's ready. He, you know, whatever you could tell right away. She was into it. I think it's kind of weird, but I know that she loves cats and all right. So she turns around, gives Tasha and Caitlin thumbs up. He scratches at the door, like, let me in, let me in. I'm a cat. Eh, okay. Um, she says she's digging the cat, whatever. Okay. So the cat guy, um, that's the last guy. The cat guy is the last guy. So now they show all the guys in the, um, common area. Should I just call the common area? Cause they've got a common area on every show. They're all in the common area. Um, they're wondering what's going to happen. This is where Carl the motivational speaker looks straight into the camera and says, are you ready for this? Obviously the producers stuck that in there. They didn't have to edit that. They could edit that out because he's looking right into the camera. They never do that. Uh, so there there's going to be something up with Carl. So this is where we go to commercial. Come back for segment six, a couple of guys, they cheers to love cheers to love. Again, very can cheers to love. Someone say something else. Like, I don't know. Cheers to cheers to blow up dolls. I don't know. That might be better. Um, the gift gets rolled in by the handlers and everyone's cracking up. They're like, what, what, what is this? And they talk to him through the box. Um, again, this guy's name is James. He tells us the name. He talks to them through the box. So, okay, whatever. So then Tasha and Caitlin come ask her if she thinks she's met her husband. I, I, honestly, do they have to stick these lines in there every single season? Like I, what is she going to say? Hell no. No. Are you kidding me? I find a few guys I want to have sex with, but I don't want to, I don't know. Uh, whatever. So yeah, yeah, there's potential. Um, they tell her to trust her intuition, especially about the first impression rose. Cause she says she's nervous about that. They said, just take it one at a time, have conversations with the guys. She admits she likes Connor the cat, but, um, it's 30 men and there's lots of giggling and go get them kind of stuff. Go get them. Hee hee hee. Go do it. Katie. Yay. Katie go. Um, yeah. So giggle some more and she goes in. She walks in, they all cheer real big. One of them hands her a drink, which again is on every single show. Somehow the producers pick the guy who gives her a drink. I didn't catch who it was. I didn't rewind it to see again, but, and I don't know if there's a significance to that guy, but somehow there's a lucky guy picked by the producers to give her the drink. Hands her the drink. She says she's nervous, gives kind of like the normal speech about everyone being there for the right reasons. She's like quarantine sucks. And she believes the process and asks that they all be themselves and that that's what she wants the most. And then they cheers to love again. Cheers to the blow up doll. I mean, love. Yeah. Um, then like they ITM some people. David says she's a 10. Cody says they would be a funny couple. Cody's the blow up girl guy. Um, the first guy they show her talking to is Andrew, the guy with the accent. Um, Andrew S, I believe he is. Um, again, not sure if the order 
that they're showing her conversations in happen in that order. Like who knows? Andrew could have been the last person she talked to, but that's the first one they show. He says he's still nervous. She toasted him in the same accent. And he was like all flattered that she did that. She thanked him for being here. They cheered. Um, couple guys I show a couple guys comparing notes don't know who they are I'm learning the names still but they compare notes about how they're just oh she's so gorgeous and I guess I'm finding it hard to breathe and I'm sweating you know okay they have to do all this stuff about how the guys are so excited and they had to really focus on that um they show the second sit down and it was super sappy this is Thomas okay and he's going on and on and on again about how excited he is you know when they go on and on about how just how excited they are and how honored they are that's that's really nice but I feel like the people that stand out are the people that actually like have a conversation about themselves or ask her something specifically about herself not like just this sappy like oh like you know, I'm so happy to be here. And I just try, I don't know, I that kind of stuff, I would, if it were me, which it never will. But if it were me, uh, I would be like, oh, this is boring. Like, ask me something. Um, anyway, she does. She says she likes him, though, like in the ITM, she says she likes him. Of course, she probably says that she says that about a lot of them. But the next guy, and I don't even know who it was, but the next guy sits down. He does. He actually does. This guy is acting like so nervous, but she grabs his hands to try and make him not so nervous. Um, I, actually, they really, truly, there are a lot of these guys, at least. And again, you wonder how much of this is edited so that we get the feeling that they're that she's making them all nervous, but they're freaking sweating their asses off. I mean, they're is New Mexico hot? New Mexico is probably pretty hot, right? But they're inside. They're not outside. Like they are sweating their asses off. I'm assuming the place is air conditioning. Um, they do. There's a lot that seems nervous. Um, next guy is Greg that she talks to. And he talks a bunch about his nieces and nephews. And he says he wants to give her something, but isn't sure if that's appropriate on the first date. But he also is acting so nervous, like the poor, like this guy, I almost feel sorry for because he seems like such a sweet guy in this moment. And, but she, he just seems so nervous. So, um, but she's like, no, give me, yeah, I'd be love it if you gave me a gift. And he pulls out a shell necklace. Cute, cute. He says his niece made it for her and she's three. So Katie puts it on herself and, and, um, he keeps acknowledging how nervous he is, but she like, so seems into it. Like she definitely seems into him. And, you know, like, I feel like this is like actually one guy that legit seems like he's there for the right reasons. Either that he's a super good actor. Like he, he seems so freaking nervous and, um, but just, I don't know. seems very genuine to me. So, okay. So that was Greg. Um, then she's playing hockey. Like I, somehow there's hockey there. They have a couple nets and they're playing like floor hockey, with the ball and some, I don't, I'm not sure where that came from, but then all the guys come out and they all start playing hockey. Fun. This is fun. Oh, we're all playing hockey together. And guess who scores a goal? Oh, Katie scores a goal. Woohoo. Yeah. So then it takes us to another commercial segment seven. So then we have Trey. This is the truck of balls guys. Truck of balls guy. Um, she says, never thought I'd be laying in a truck full of balls. See, you now that's the kind of, that's the kind of line I was looking for. That's it. 
Trey should have used that. But actually, they get in this bed of balls, a bed of balls, not a bed of roses, a bed of balls. <gasps> I'm, I am so witty. Um, but they actually have a super, f like, f like, I don't know, like natural and fun conversation. Like they talk about what each other's middle names are. And I don't, they just seemed, I don't know, still think Trey's going to go far. They seem to have a supernatural conversation together. Um, next comes the painting guy, Garrett, right? No, Justin, Justin. He says, um, there's a void. He shows her the painting, just like we saw. He says there's a void in the painting that represents the void in his heart. And he hopes that she will fill that void. That, I almost gagged and threw up in my mouth, but I didn't. Um, then they kissed. So I guess it got somewhere with her. I, I Just not for me. Uh, this actually was the first kiss they aired. Maybe it wasn't the actual first kiss, but it's the first kiss we see. So Justin's the first person we see her kiss. She apparently liked the little void in the heart thing. I, whatever, seemed corny to me. Um, then the big moment comes where the first impression rose gets put out. So there is one rule of the first impression rose. If you ever go on the show, do not, and this is Game of Roses rule, do not sit in the same room as the rose. Never, never does the lead go in. And it's always in the main room. Usually, I think. I won't say that. But she goes up to the tray, picks up the rose. Never does she just pick it up and give it to one of those guys that are sitting there squished on the couches there. I mean, here we go again. There's three couches. There's like literally 15 guys squished on these three couches. Um... So anyway, the, the first impression rose gets put down. She didn't take it yet, but the first, it gets put out there. So now we've got everyone talking. Oh, there's a first impression rose. So, so they, again, they show all these guys awkwardly squished on the couches. Um, the cat guy starts talking. He was squished between a couple other guys. Can't take him serious when he's trying to talk serious with his, um, cat out outfit on, um, but they talk about the, the rose, the fimp rose. Again, game of roses. First impression rose. It's called the fimp rose. So the fimp rose is being discussed now. Then we get to Carl. Carl is the guy we think is there for the wrong reasons. Um, Carl brings her a poster. There's some kind of fairy tale picture on it. I didn't really get this. I thought it was weird, but she seemed into it again. I, I imagine she has to seem into it all. Um, then we see the first deal happen, which I'm sure it wasn't the first deal that actually happened, but we see the first guy come in and ask if he could steal her away. Um, then, then of course they show all kinds of, of steals. They show men stealing each other and, and then we have the stealing show. Then we get Jeff. Jeff is the RV guy. He takes her into his RV. Uh, she gets in, she gets into the bar RV and her coming is okay. Hello. <laughs> uh, he's got a little like veggie tray that you pick up at Walmart sitting out for her. Um, he's like, oh, I totally think she's into it. She's not into it. She's not into it. Um, can tell she's like feeling super awkward, not into it at all. Uh, and this is all purposeful, I'm sure. 
But he's like, yeah, I think she really likes it. So then he takes a piece of celery and, of course, loudly chews on the celery, which annoys her. And then he is like, oh, let's sit down. And he, like, throws some dirty underwear and some dirty clothes and stuff on the floor for her to sit down. I, <laughs> I Sorry, I, you can't. I'm, no, I will not believe. He had to have a lot of producer involvement to let them have him drive a RV onto the premises but he had to quarantine do no i don't think he drove his rv from new jersey don't think he did whatever doesn't matter it was awkward and weird and she was not into it she said so so of course we still have everyone staring at the rows guys are freaking out because some of them hadn't got time to talk to her uh and then we had a very strange exchange this was really the actually the only drama that they that they chose to put in whether any other drama happened in the night. I, I, they didn't focus on it, but this was like literally not even a minute long probably, but it was, Oh shoot. I think it was Aaron and Cody. Cody's the blow up guy, doll guy, blow up, blow up doll guy. Yeah. And they had an exchange where again, I think it's Aaron pretty sure it's Aaron says, look, I don't like you, dude. I know, you know, like, I'm not going to like keep it a secret. I don't like you. And I don't think you like me. So like, let's just put it out there and like, make it just be honest. Another guy was like, what? Like, this is so Aaron saying it to Cody and Cody's like, what? Like what? <laughs> Which it did. Like there was no lead up. You didn't see them having any conversation before. Cody brought the blow up dial, but no one really seemed annoyed at all. And, and Aaron is totally going off on Cody. Um, and, and again, Cody was acting super confused. He was like, what? Like, why are you even saying this? And what's the deal? And then they show, they show Cody being like, okay, like fine. And then they walk back into the house or the, whatever the common area. And they show Aaron acting like super disgusted. And then they show a, a couple of the other guys being like, oh my God, I want to stay away from that. Oh, what's going on here? Oh my God. Like, totally forced drama. I, I, I just feel like the first night happens and they were getting no drama and the producers witnessed one tiny argument between this, either that either they witnessed it or they just conjured it up. I feel like that's what happened. I feel like they were like, I feel like these two guys, I feel like Aaron looked slightly annoyed when Cody had the blow up dial. So they were like, well, just, Hey, Aaron, just go tell them tell them that that's annoys you and you just don't like him because he bought a blow up dial and they just edited it to make it totally seem like he didn't like him. I don't know. Obviously this is going to be a rift that they bring up again uh, because spoiler alert, both of them make it to the next show episode round, round, round two. So, but that was, it was so weird. It was so random and so just stuck in there. And then that was it. Then they never had a spoke another word about it. It was so weird. I, I thought it was so strange. So then he, anyway, by this time, Katie has still not opened this box. So this guy's getting worried because he's had all these conversations. So finally these two other random, I don't know, whoever they were, they were actual players, but they roll the box into a room and she opens it and his name is James. It was pretty anticlimactic, really, but he's pretty good looking. They hug. She says again, he's super hot. He seems like a pretty decent guy. He, he first gave me a weird vibe, but then 
I don't know. I think he'd be okay guy, but he like is very articulate. He seems very like educated. I, I mean, I think it feel like she was halfway pretty into him. She says she, she says she's intrigued a lot by him. Then people start worrying whether he's going to get the first impression. LaRose, um, Carl kind of continues to be kind of loud and be like trying to talk above people. I think I just feel like he's really wanting that screen time. Um, then James, the box guy comes out, introduces himself to everyone. I thought the guys would be super annoyed with him. Um, but they seemed more just like threatened by his gimmick. They didn't seem to not like the guy They actually had several people compliment him. Like they seemed like a good guy and they admired how he what his gimmick that he that he got her attention for huh, i'm getting tired plus i have some in my eye it's super annoying um okay so then we have that exchange cut to commercial segment eight <sighs> continue to hear conversations about the first impression rose then they cut to the cat Connor, Connor B, right? And her, and this is the scene where they're playing the little piano with their feet. So they have that whole scene. She's now got cat ears on. Um, they sit down and talk. She says she couldn't stop thinking of him. He says she was amazing on her season she, and he loved her vibe. Um, then they do their kiss and it just gets weird because he's got the paws. So he's holding her face with his paws and like he has his face painted with whiskers and a nose. So when they kiss that, that like face paint rubs off on her, I, the whole thing was, I, I mean, he actually seems like a pretty decent guy and she seems into him, but it was just a weird, <laughs> it was a weird cat moment for me. I, wasn't really into it. So then she takes her, his hood off like the cat ears and then they kiss again. And there was a pretty passionate kiss. So they, they were like definitely like in the kissing mode. Um, okay. Then she leaves and the next guy is Michael and Michael is going to be the widower. If you remember me talking about him. Um, but he's like, Oh, I have something we'll have in common. Turns out he's got a dog named Tommy, her cat's named Tommy. She thought that was like so cool. Um, but then he says, I'm Michael and I have a four-year-old son. We knew that. Um, my belief is that he's going to stay on for a while. I don't think she's going to be into a guy with a kid in the end. Also, she says something weird about this. But anyway, first he says he's got a four-year-old son. I know from his Instagram that he's a widower. So that's going to be his PTC, uh, his personal tragedy card, Game of Roses, that he plays. Um, he talks about the kid quite a bit. I just don't think he's her type, but definitely think the producers will keep him around for the PTC. Um, he asks if she wants to be a mom. And she's like, I mean, basically her answer was, like, I'd love to be a mom, but if I'm with someone who doesn't want to be a mom, I'd be okay with that too. I, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I thought that was a strange answer. I guess that can be true. I mean, I guess that's fine, but it feels like, like you either want to be a mom or you just don't. I, I don't know. Anyway, because of that answer, I feel like if someone gives that answer, they actually really don't, aren't into that much wanting to be a mom or at least at that moment. So that's what's going to happen with Michael though. He'll stay on, but she's not going to be into it later, but he'll stay on for the tragedy of the widow thing. So again, then they show all the guys are outside. They're all squished on the outside coach. 
couch, coach, couch, couch. These guys are by the fire. They're talking about the Fimpros again, like super squished onto this couch where like literally they, I mean, I feel like someone's just going to fall off the couch. Um, then we get Katie heading in to get that rose. So like there has to be at least 20 guys squished on the inside couches where the Fimp Rose is. Plus there's like, like strategically paced, placed four guys standing behind the couch. I mean, it's, it's so unnatural looking like they weren't just like leaning against the leaning against the wall or like chatting. It was like, they literally were like standing behind the couch. Like it was so it was so set. Like it was, I don't know. It was weird. But anyway, she comes in, she's like, hi guys. And she picks the rose up. Of course, like I said, you never sit in the same room as a Fimp Rose. She picks the rose up. She walks out. Of course, everyone in that room is like, oh man, oh man. So she heads outside to the squishy couch on the outside and she asks for Greg. She asks for Greg. Greg is the guy. He's a super shy guy that gave her the noodle necklace that was talking about his nieces. That was so nervous. He was like, I, I thought it was the cutest thing. He was like in his ITM. He was like, what, what is like, like he, he couldn't believe it. He was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like he was legit shocked. Like he could not believe it. I, I was shocked too. Actually. I was like, what, what is happening? I did not expect that. Um, she says she knows he's nervous and she hopes it gives him validation and they kiss, but he's like in awe, like literally I, he got tears in his eyes. The guy was legit crying. He is definitely there for the right reasons for TRR game of roses. Um, so in walk Tasha and Caitlin into the squishy common room and, you know, ironically enough. Katie was so surprised that, that they showed up. But when Tasha and Caitlin walk in, none of the guys are like, what, what are, what are Caitlin and Tasha doing here? What, what is happening? No, no. They just look at him like, Oh, Hey, what's up? What's up? There's no expression whatsoever. No, like, Oh, Hey, it's Caitlin and Tasha. No, they weren't shocked. It's weird. It's ironic. Anyway, they walk in. Uh, they announce it's time for the rose ceremony. Now, what they don't do is a ding, 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 like Chris Harrison. He would take a knife to the champagne glass, ding, 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 and he would announce it's time for the rose ceremony. There was no tinging of the glass, but they did say the words, it's now time for the rose ceremony. Or well, Is that it? Anyway, they announce it's time for the rose ceremony. Cut to commercial, last segment. So we find them all lined up as I always do on their risers and all of them squished onto all the risers. And here comes Katie. She walks in, she thanks them, acknowledges finally the two week quarantine that they all had to go through and thanks them for going through that for her. Um, again, they must have quarantined somewhere else where they had to drive miles to limo exit or right, whatever. Um, this was the only time they acknowledged really COVID except for a few times when they're like, Oh, this has really been a hard year, that kind of stuff. Um, she says not to, she had a really pretty good little, little speech that she gave them. Um, she said, it's not personal if they don't get a rose. It just is that they're not right for her. Um, she talked about them being vulnerable and the things she's asking of them and being for the right reasons, kind of that stuff. Um, now, 
by again, following a lot of the bachelor accounts I follow, um, and from listening to Game of Roses, uh, the first rose given out to the, like at this first rose ceremony, just this first rose ceremony, not every, for every rose ceremony, but this very first rose ceremony, the first rose that's given out during the ceremony actually has more significance than the Fimp Rose. Now, this is actually, sorry, this is really just in the, in the Bachelor is where the data was accumulated from because in the Bachelorette, actually the Fimp Rose has gone pretty far. A ton of Bachelorettes have chosen their Fimp Rose recipient. But in the Bachelor, it's also very significant. And even a Bachelorette, the first given rose in the ceremony, that guy always goes far. So this is a big rose to be given out. It's the very first rose. And the first rose went to Trey. I told you. I knew it. The Trey is the ball guy. Trey is the the ball guy in the truck. I had a feeling about him. They seem natural. So keep your eye on that. Trey should go far. He got the very first rose. Um, and again, we don't know that the roses that we see her giving out are given in the exact order when it was actually happening. So it's possible the tray was the 10th rose that she gave out that actual night, but, but however it's edited, whether it's edited, Trey got the first rose for what we saw. Uh, so then I'm going to go here quickly as who gets the next one. So Michael, the dad. Um, who is a widower gets the next one. Then we get Thomas, who is kind of just a sap so far. I, he's been nothing but sappy. Garrett gets the next one. Can't remember what's special about Garrett. Connor B gets the next one. He's the cat guy. Andrew S uh, is the British speaking guy. James is the gift box guy. The guy in the box gets another, gets one too. Justin is the painter guy. He gets his Courtney with a Q gets his Carl, the motivational speaker, who's the loud mouth and going to be probably the one who's in it for the followers gets the next one. Um, then we have several that I can't say that I remember. We have a Mike P we got John, then's Kyle, then's Andrew. We have a couple Andrews, not Andrew S that's the British guy. It's a different Andrew. Then we have Josh. Then we have Connor C. Then we have Brendan, then David, and then Aaron. So Aaron is the guy who got into the fight with Cody, who is the blow up doll guy. So he got one. Then is Christian. And then is Hunter. Okay. So those are all the guys, which now remember when I talked about Gabriel earlier, he was not even there. Like they did not even announce him. And well, okay. So I'm going to go on first. So then, so they give, she gives roses to all those boys. Then Tasha and Caitlin come in and announce, just as Chris Harrison did, this is the final rose. And it's interesting because Tasha and Caitlin take turns with who says what. So Caitlin says that, that it's um, time for the final rose. And so then drum roll, who do you think it goes to? There's a few left, and I know you don't know who is left, but it goes to Cody. Cody's a blow-up doll guy. Of course it goes to blow-up guy doll. Blow-up doll guy. Uh because one, he's a blow up doll guy. Two, he and Aaron have already have some drama going on. So they got to keep that going. 
goes to him. So until one or both go home, uh, we'll have drama between them. Um, they come out, Tasha and Caitlin come out, say, if you didn't get your rose, say your goodbyes. Tasha says that. Um, now this is the part I was confused on because they only showed three guys going up to Katie and hugging her and saying goodbye. I feel like there's supposed to be more than just three guys go home. And I didn't count them at the end. I didn't go back and match up everyone. I did, sorry, just didn't have time for that. Um, but only there was only three. There was there was Jeff, who is the RV guy. Thank God he went home. He was weird. There was the motorcycle guy that I said I th knew he would drive up on a motorcycle, but it was actually a scooter. He has like the weird hair. He went home, and then there was a third guy. I don't, I don't remember even what his name was. He didn't stand out to me. But those only three they showed leave. What happened to Gabriel? Like, did he go home and he just was so irrelevant that they didn't show him anymore? Did he, what happened with Gabriel? And I feel like there had to be more than three go home. So I, I'm not exactly sure how to make of that, what to make of that, but that's what we saw. Um, so basically then they all clap and, um, she ITMs that she does not know even who her top two are, that she sees several in the room that could be her husband. Of course she does. And then what do they cheers to? The blow up doll. No, it's just to love. So there we go. That is our first episode. Um, real quickly, when they, they go to commercial, when they come back, we get a super, super, super long preview of what's all to come this season. I'm going to read off just a little bit of what they, just a little bit, believe me, there was a ton. It was like a freaking full three minutes. Um, they show Blake's arrival. He says he had to come back because he, he knows Katie's meant for him. Um, we see that Nick Vile makes an appearance. Um, we see a guy getting hurt playing some kind of like a sport. That that's when the ambulance comes. We see a ton of crying. We see a ton of kissing. Um, the Virgin looks like he goes pretty far um, because his PTC comes out and you hear a lot of people talking about, dude, like you should keep that a secret or whatever. So we, we get this, we're going to get the Virgin card played a lot. We're going to hear, I feel like we're going to hear a lot about that. Um, it looks like Andrew West, the British guy, ver uh, not he's not British, but the whatever he um, looks like he might go far. They show him quite a bit. Um, of course, we see the previews about the guy being there for the wrong reason. And she's done. She's done. Book my flight home. And she's crying. And she's She says she's heartbroken. You know, it's kind of the same old, same old, literally same aspects of every show occur. But we love it. We actually love it. So then we get our very ending little segment of like the little tiny blooper reel we get to see and it's of Caitlin, Tasha, and Katie and they're going to pop open a bottle of champagne and no one can get the bottle open. Caitlin tries to open it and she can't and then Tasha tries her hand and she can't and they keep trying and trying. Finally they pop out the cork and they go woo and Caitlin says does anyone ever open a bottle of champagne and not go woo and they're like no. So that was the end. So there we go, folks. Uh, thank you for tuning in to my first episode where we break down the episode. That was kind of fun. 
I've, I hope I was descriptive enough. I hope I didn't bore you. It lasted pretty long. It was an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know. I'd love to hear some feedback. Go on my reality, the Rose, um, Instagram page, leave me some feedback, say it was like too much detail, right amount of detail, include this more, include that more. Love to hear some feedback so I can make this a better podcast for you all because that's the whole point of this. One point of it is just for me to have an outlet to talk and talk and talk about The Bachelor. The second part is though, I kind of want you guys to like it and kind of want you guys to listen to it. But to end, I'm going to always end with my Bible verse. This week's Bible verse is 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14, and the Bible verse reads, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. You might hear my dog barking in the background, <laughs> literally on cue. That was strange. Maybe you didn't hear it and you're like, what? Um, but anyway, I feel like that Bible verse... Uh, can speak to everyone. Um, always staying strong in the Lord is what keeps me going day to day through the hard times, through the good times. Um, it's just an important factor for me. So hope you all have a good week. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Can't wait till next week. Um, again, rate, review, and subscribe and let me know what you think. Have a good week, everybody. See ya.